0: Hey, this is Pastor Joaquin G. Molina from Spring of Life Fellowship, and I want to welcome you to our podcast. I hope you're encouraged with this message and you stay the course to change the world. God bless you. Lord, we give you thanks this morning for what you're doing in this house. We give you thanks for a gathering and a spiritual place that takes God serious. Your word is a lamp unto our feet. It's our uh, constitution that... uh, that regulates the kingdom of God and our conduct here upon the earth. We pray that your word uh, would be our standard, our measure, our instruction, that it would lead us in the way we should go and set our priorities and our values, O Lord, so that we might live in a manner that pleases you, and that brings us into fulfillment and satisfaction in this life. We pray that you would bless your people, Lord, and they would be receptive to welcome your word, and that it would be a word of encouragement, a word of hope, a word of understanding of all things. Let it be a good seed planted in good hearts that would bring forth good fruit and a harvest that glorifies you, Lord. Thank you for your word that is the bread of life. You have said that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So we're here to nourish our lives and to eat from the bread of life, O oh God. We pray that you bless it, anoint it, and deliver it, Lord, so that it not return void. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Uh, we, we have decided to set apart 2019 and focus on this area of testimonies. Um, we talked about how uh, the testimony of a man and a woman depends on his integrity and his character. If you don't have uh, integrity and, and a, test, a, a character that's flawless, your testimony falls on deaf ears. And so our lives should speak louder than our words. And um, every time we begin to share a little bit about what God is doing in our midst, because at the end of the day, that's what a testimony is. It's not what you do. It's what God has done in you and through you and in your, um, listen to me, it's, it's a very limited life span. It's uh, sometimes uh, the Bible says that it is um, but a vapor it's here for a moment it's like a spark you guys know how sparks when you' when you're, you sh- when you're hitting two pieces of, of uh, the elements that produce a spark the spark comes out and then it's over and that's how the Bible describes our life upon the earth and it says that we should redeem the time and we should make sure that we use it for the efforts for which we were, uh, created. I always start the conferences, the men's conferences with, with Ecclesiastes chapter 6 uh, verse 3 where it says if a man were to live a thousand years twice, um, if a man begets a hundred children, how many are planning to have a hundred children? Not many people here. Um, and lives many years so that the days of his years are many. If you go to verse 6 real quick, there's where it says if he lives a thousand years twice. A thousand years twice is two thousand years. And and has not seen goodness, has not fulfilled the purpose of God. You go back to verse three, and it says, It's better, indeed, he has no, that I say, a stillborn child is better than he. Not coming out of the womb alive is better than coming out alive and living your life without purpose. So, in that regards, Uh, we need to understand that our life is to have significance and purpose. If you were here last Wednesday night, uh, you would have heard incredible testimonies of the power of the church and people who have come running to this place of refuge. So this year, it's all about testimony. It's all about understanding Uh, what what God wants us to live. And so I've prepared a a quick uh, rendition of this, and and I I have to be real quick this morning. We have three services, so I want you to have the best part here. Look, uh, when we talk about testimony, and you read the Bible not far into the Bible, the Bible begins to speak about giants. And for whatever we, we don't know, I remember growing up, we used to watch a wrestler called Andre the Giant. Uh, what an animal. I think that after that came uh, the Hulk Hogan, and, and these guys look like giants. But, but you know, um, in, in the land, and you read the Bible, and it talks about giants. These are not mythological uh, beings, but they're true existing um, uh, forces to contend with. Uh, I did. A, they did an excellent job with this slide up there. Uh, look at the difference between David and Goliath, the giant, and that's the biblical story everybody knows about. And they, they, some people might think it's fanciful and it's not. It's not real. But the truth of the matter is, the Bible uh, it, it describes these beings in a manner that that you can say, okay, there are giants, and and they might one day stand. In front of us. If you haven't seen the movie by the Kendrick brothers, it's called Facing the Giants. Uh, You should watch that tonight if you get a chance. Uh, Maybe it's on Netflix, I'm not sure. Uh, Facing the Giants by the Kendrick brothers. And they do the whole, you know, the challenges of life, the hardships. And um, when we were watching that movie, my wife and I, uh, at the very end of the movie, as soon as it was over, me and my wife were probably going through difficult times with the church and, and, and with our profession and finances. And, and right after we watched that movie, we just began to bawl. We just like, woo, And it was like something spiritual um, that when life is confronting you from all sides and you feel that there's no overcoming, there's a God who wants to fight your giants for you. And, and it's true. And, and we're, we're just going to touch on, on some little verses here so that you can get, uh, whet your appetite for the fact that there are giants, number one. And number two, what do we do when we face them? Deuteronomy 128. Where can we go? The question is asked. In the midst of a battle, when you're facing something, listen to me. I don't know how you're going to define giant, but the way I define it in my life it's that it's larger and greater than my capacity to contend with. It's something overbearing. It's something huge. So they asked the question, where can we go? Because when we hear the report of people talking about the giants we face. And, and for some people, you guys have no idea. Some people, it's, 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 it's cancer. So some people, it's, it's, it's a, a terminal illness. In the life of Pastor Rivera, it was a missing uh, liver. He needed a liver transplant. And the doctor says, yeah, we can get you your liver transplant. But it'll cost you a million dollars. What do you do when they tell you that the way you're going to fight this giant is finding that's a million dollars? That's a huge. Uh, you want to surrender even before you get started. Uh, the whole rugby team is nothing compared to one of these giants that stand before you and he wants to eat your lunch. He wants to uh, take you out. He wants to deprive you. And so he, they say, where can we go to flee from this? Our brethren have discouraged our hearts. You see people talking. Have you ever walked up to somebody when you have a problem and they're like, oh buddy, you're in trouble. They're not giving you no answers. They're almost like, Telling you, you know, they're they're showing you your future as a consequence of this giant. Our brethren are saying things. The people here that you're going to fight are greater than you. I don't know what that means, greater. I don't know what it means. Have more ammunition. They're going to take you out. Have more warriors. They're taller. They're greater and taller. The cities are great and fortified. The walls go up to the heavens. You can never try to overcome them. Moreover, we have seen the sons of the Anakim there. They said, listen, we hear the reports, but now we're seeing these beasts. I don't know what they look like. Um, I feel a little intimidated when I see somebody taller than me and stronger than me. Now, it was funny. About six months ago, we went across the street here for breakfast, and I was with Papitin. He's a giant in his own right, five foot 10, 120 pounds, 150 pounds. Uh, it was Jose Mediero's, a bull, you know, uh, a mighty warrior. It was Jose Rivera, man, a powerhouse of people. And, and then there was me, so... Uh, my dad, Rivera, Medieros, and myself, and we walk into Sergio's, and we're going to wait for a, a table. He says, a table for four please. And all of a sudden, these monster animals, I mean, the huge guys, they, they came in, and they had their sleeves up, and their muscles showing. And all the women went crazy. They started coming up. to them, ah, And it was just like a, just a, ki- a, a chicken coop, and everybody's going wild. And I felt intimidated at that point. And and something just came into me. I said, um, which of you guys want to get beat up this morning? (laughs) And my dad looked at me like saying, he's gone crazy. (laughs) And I said, because Rivera is itching for a fight. (laughs) And I pointed him that way. (laughs) And then they turned and they looked at Rivera and Medeiros and they go, (laughs) (laughs) And then they thought they knew we were playing. But when you see these things and you provoke a fight, when they saw the sons of Anakim, listen to me, I, I have here, you, you guys think that this is not real, but um, how did they measure these guys? And you know how they measured them? They measured them on the basis of the beds they slept in. So it usually <laughs> when you see somebody's bed, you know if it's a midget or if the guy's like Shaq O'Neal. Size twenty-four foot, right? No, I think it's a little bit larger. But but here, there's a passage uh, in Deuteronomy three eleven. We did one one twenty-eight, and now we're doing uh, three eleven, and it says, "For only Og, the king of Basham, remained of the remnant of the giants. There was only one of them left, and this guy remained. Indeed, his bed was." Surrounded by iron, is it not in Rabbath of the people of Ammon? I think they kept a museum there. Nine cubits in its length and four cubits in its width according to the standard cubit. Now, I don't know cubits. So I had to go and get the New Living Translation, which they turned cubits into feet. And I'll read it in the New Living Translation. It says, his bed was made of iron and was more than 13 feet long and 6 feet wide. It can still be seen in the city of Rabbith, the city of giants. So you see the, where the guy slept, and now you're getting a picture of the size of the guy. And so 13 feet long, 6 feet wide. They say that these guys measured up to 9 feet. And a half to ten and a half feet. Now I'm about five, 11, five twelve, seven, six foot. Imagine three feet up and probably two feet wider, and, and these giants were there in that land. And the first thing the Lord does is that they're stronger, they're taller, they're greater, they're mightier to such an extent. Um, The rules of engagement of war, if you were going to be part of God's team and go out to meet these people. Deuteronomy 20 verse 1, he says, when you go into these battles and see a people more numerous than you and greater than you. Deuteronomy 20 verse 1. Deuteronomy 20 chapter 20 verse 1. It says, when you go out to battle against your enemies, those opposing you, and see horses and chariots and people more numerous than you, do not be afraid. You know, don't let fear strike your heart. And and it's very difficult because you're seeing the size of things. You're seeing the description. That's what people, when they walk into the pastor's office, they want to start describing the element they're against. Pastor, you don't know my wife. She's a monster. You don't know my husband. He beats me at night. And they describe everything they're facing. You don't know this cancer. It's stage four and it's metastasized. And so they want to describe the giant larger than life. And the Bible says when you're confronting these things, don't be afraid. For the Lord your God is with you who brought you from the land of Egypt. There's a God that's going to fight your battles. And so I learned very early on in life, yeah, they're going to be giants, but I will introduce my giant to my Lord, there's somebody greater than the giant that wants to overcome me and uh, embarrass me and exploit me. And so these are the things that God wants you to understand. I don't know what your giant is today, but I know that God is able to bring them down. That saying, the bigger they are, the harder they fall. I've seen for 35 years. And nothing comes against us. The, Moses wanted to go see this land that God wanted to give him. And in uh, Numbers chapter 13, it describes it all the more. And it says that um, these are the names of those people that, that Moses sent into the land. Uh, Numbers chapter 13, verse 1. And the Lord spoke to Moses saying, verse 2. Send men to spy out the land. You you go and scope out the land which I'm giving you, your future. Send in the children of Israel, one from each tribe. There was 12 tribes. So they sent one man from every uh, one of the leaders among them. So they had 12 guys, and their their expedition is to go into uh, the land, the promised land, and to scope it out. And when they're scoping it out, verse 3 they're to bring back a report. So Moses sent them from the wilderness, according to the command of the Lord, all these men who were heads of the children of Israel. When they go into this land, they spy it out and they come back with a report. Let's go to verse 17. Then Moses sent them to spy out the land and said to them, Go up this way to the south. And go to the mountains and see what the land is like. Whether the people who dwell there are strong or weak, few or many. You ever do, like you take tabs. uh, When we were in law school, we would all speak to those guys that had taken classes before us. So we would measure the size of the challenge that we were to face. And so some of us would take on the giants and some of us would avoid them and take other classes. But you get the measurements of those things you face to see how you overcome them. And he says, see if they're big, see if they're small. Verse 18, whether the land that is there is good or bad, whether the cities are uh, inhabited like camps or are they strong fortresses. Are they castles? Whether the land is rich or poor, and whether their forest is there or not, and be of good courage and bring some of the fruit of the land, now that time was the season of the ripe grapes. They said when they walked into the land, they saw grapes the size of grapefruits. When they grabbed a cluster of grapes, it had to be carried between two men on a pole. And that's how vast and and incredible the land was. But when they got there, they saw, verse 21, they went up and spied out the land from the wilderness of Sin, as far as Rehob, near the entrance of Hamath. And they went up from the south, and they they scoped out the land. Look what it says in verse 23. Then they came to the valley of Shah and cut down a branch, a cluster of grapes. They carried between two of them on a pole. Between two of them on a pole. Do you know that that is the Israeli symbol of their country? Um, they have, it's, 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 a, it's a stamp. It's, it's, it's what, what shows what Israel is all about. The land of milk and honey. The land of blessing. Two men holding a cluster of grapes that's dragging on the ground. The size of the grapes again are like grapefruit. One grape is like this. Us, we're like this. And many of us are holding on to raisins. What God wants to give you is larger than what you can grab on your own. Super important. But they go into that land, and it's described thoroughly throughout this chapter. And then all of a sudden, they say in verse 27, they told him. They came, let's go to verse um, 26. They departed and came back to Moses and to Aaron and to the congregation And they reported to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. This is what we found over there, uh, verse 27. Now they told them and said, we went to the land that you sent us to spy, and it truly flows with milk and honey. And this is fruit. This is the fruit from that land. Nevertheless, the people who dwell there, this is the report, verse 28. The people who dwell in that land are strong. And the cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak. The Amalekites dwell in that land. The descendants of Anak were the giants. And then it says in verse 31, But the men who had gone up with him said, We are not able to go up against these people, for they are stronger than we. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report, which they had spied out. And they said, the land through which we had gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. We will never be able to survive that. And all the peoples whom we saw in it are like giants. We saw giants in that place. We were like grasshoppers in our own sight, and we were like grasshoppers in their own sight. So one of the things that what, what happens when we're facing giants, we see them as formidable foes that we can't overcome. The testimony of our God is that he knows how to deal with our giants um, and in every expression. And the testimony is that which we can speak. And I, I want to speak this year on behalf of our God, that it, regardless of the giants we face, our God is greater. And the testimony, that's why people love the story of David and Goliath. And and that whole description there in 1 Samuel chapter 17, um, it says that David was sent as a young boy to feed his brothers that were at war. They were warrior age recruits. And David was just a young boy. And he was going to take lunch to his brothers. And if you read that entire chapter 17, you'll see the descriptions of an incredible fight. And so we see that these guys were not willing to go into the promised land because of giants. Out of 12 of the guys that went there, out of 12, 10 of them were saying we don't want to go and face those giants. We're going to be devoured. We're not going to stand a chance. And two of them, Joshua and Caleb says, let's take them on because God is going to take them out. That's that's incredible. I love to hang out with that type of mentality. I usually will sit down at a table. When we walked into this building, it was an impossibility. We walked into this building about 15 years ago with about 12 men. And we're we're all here, and we're like, okay, how are we going to do this? We're paying $3,000 a month, and this is $15,000 a month. All of a sudden, I was like, what happened? We ended up with five guys. Out of the 12 guys that walked in here to have a greater and bigger place for our church, only five stayed and says, Pastor, we can do it. You know what happened to the other guys, the other seven? They disappeared. And you're fighting a giant. You want to be with courageous warriors and not with cowards because cowards always give you the reason why not to. And a warrior like Caleb said like this, if God said it, then God will do it. Let's go take the land. It wasn't about measuring the giants. It was about letting God, obeying God, and and knowing who we're up against. There's no doubt. You know, if you you do the statistics, there's no chance that we could have gotten this place. You know what happened? Let me tell you a story. It's a testimony. We got into this place. We signed the lease. We started paying the, the, the great amount. Two months later, Two months later, the guy we signed the lease with started breaking out with tumors because he was only supposed to charge us $8,000. But he was taking advantage of the Lord's people. When he starts breaking out in tumors, he calls me. He says, listen, call the main center and sign a lease where you pay $9,000. And so the Lord discounted at $6,000, but he also got rid of the cowards. And so we stayed paying what we can afford, because God fought our battles. Amen. It was supernatural, a hand to the Lord. It was supernatural. And so that's what God does. He shows up in a mighty way to fight our battles if we place our trust in the Lord. In First 1 Samuel, 1 Samuel chapter 17 is the whole story of David and Goliath. And so um, there they are facing this giant. You read it on your own time entirely later, 1 Samuel 17, we're going to start reading in verse 4, Uh, a champion stands up, a champion, uh, you could translate that a giant, stands up from the camp of the Philistines and his name is Goliath from Gath, that whole region had giants, whose height was six cubits and a span, some people say nine and a half foot, nine and a half foot. And he had a bronze. I, you know, I, I love how the Bible does this, and I think we do this too. We start describing what we're up against. Verse 5 says that he had a bronze helmet on his head. So now you're not going to be able to attack his head. He was armed with a coat of mail, and weight of goat was 5,000 shekels of bronze. And he had bronze armor on his legs and a bronze javelin between his shoulders. And now the staff of his spear was like a weaver's beam. And the iron spear weighed 600 shekels and a shield bearer went before him. He had an armor bearer, a guy that went before him whose responsibility was to stop all oncoming objects. His armor bearer was standing with him. And he stood there. Verse 8. He stood there and he cried out to the armies of Israel and said, Why have you come out to line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine and you the servants of Saul? Choose one man for yourselves and let him come down to me and that he be able to fight with me and kill me. And then we will be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, you shall be our servants and serve us. And the Philistine said, uh, and defy the, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. When Saul and her, uh, all of Israel, verse um, 11, when they all heard this, the words of the Philistines, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. I, I don't spend too much time listening to what the devil says because it's a bunch of lies. Amen. Everything. When I, whenever I fear something that's coming into my life to invoke fear in my presence. The Bible says I have not been given a spirit of fear but of power and might and of a sound mind and love. So I I put fear to one side and I'm not gonna fight the devil based on emotions and sentiment. It's not about what I feel. It's not about being impressed with the giant. And although the Bible says they were greatly afraid and they uh, were fainting when they heard this guy's words. Uh, That's why it's important to be in the word of God and to be able to stand On on the day, Um, so David he he goes out. Verse, let's go to verse uh, twenty. That's when David comes into this picture. And David rose early and left his sheep with the keeper and took the things that his father Jesse had commanded him. He came to the camp of the army and going to fight and shout for the battle. For Israel and the Philistines had drawn up the battle array, army against the army. And in verse 22, David left his supplies in the hand of the supply keeper and ran to the army and came and greeted his brothers. Then as he talked with them, there was a champion, the giant, the Philistine of Gath, the Goliath by name, coming up from the armies of the Philistines. He spoke according to the same. So David heard these words and all of the men of Israel Uh, When they saw this man, they fled from him and were dreadfully afraid. So the men of Israel said, how you have seen this man, um, have you seen this man who has come up here? Surely he has come up to defy Israel and it shall be that that man who kills him shall marry the, will be given great riches, will marry the king's daughter and will be exempt from taxes. That's a benefit. And David spoke to the men who stood by him saying, What shall be done for the man who kills this giant and takes away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistines that he should defy the armies of the Lord? And, and, and really powerful. Um, and David begins to, to explain how he will take this giant down. He says, The Lord has helped me fight battles in the past. Verse 32, then David said to Saul, Let no man's heart fail because of this giant. Your servant will go out and fight with this Philistine. I'll take him on. And the response is, You can't handle this giant. You're too young and inexperienced. Verse 33, the king said to David, You're not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for you are a youth and he is a man of war from his youth. And David begins to testify, I used to keep my father's sheep. And when the lion and the bear came against them, I went after and struck it and delivered it from the lion's mouth. And I caught it by its beard and struck it. And your servant killed both the lion and the bear. And this uncircumcised giant will be like one of them. Seeing he is defying the armies of God. Moreover, David said, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of this giant. So that was the testimony of David with respect to his experience from the Lord. He said, it's been the Lord who has delivered me constantly, time and again. The the passage is that David is not the first giant slayer because uh, earlier in the history, uh, Caleb, it comes into the promised land. And they say, okay, we're here already. What land do you want? You know, we're divvying up the land. And he goes, I want the mountains of Ebron. He goes, why do you want there? He goes, because that's where the biggest giants live. And the God who told me 40 years ago he was going to beat up these giants, he's going to beat them up now. And I want the highest places of God. So I want to encourage you. I don't know what giant you're facing. I don't know what the issues are. But the testimony of our Lord is that he fights and gives us the victory over our giants. He's able to do (laughs) mighty things. He's able to... Give you a testimony that will carry you to the next, um, the next phase. Now I want you to tell you this much, David. Um, there's a there's a, once you become a giant slayer, Second Samuel twenty one twenty two, he already beats that giant. We all know how he comes against them. You could read the rest of the chapter for yourselves. But here, chapters later, in chapter twenty one, verse twenty two, there were four. The, uh, these four were born to the giant in Gath. These were uh, either the brothers of Goliath or the sons of Goliath, but they were giants too, and they fell by the hand of David and by the hand of his servants. It seems to be that when you're with a giant slayer, you learn how to overcome giants. And so let's stand up this morning. The devil wants to bring you stress. Your giants want to make you fear and fret. But rejoice in God and stand strong in the Lord. Make your God your strong place. There's an entire song. There's an entire song that David sings to the Lord. Uh, you read it tonight and see how David, um, 2 Samuel 22, is called the song of David's deliverance. And in the midst of that song, he writes one of the phrases in verse 30, 2 Samuel 22:30. The whole, the whole chapter 22 is the song, but verse 30, he says, For by you I can run against a troop, and by my God I can leap over a wall. A lot of people want to do life nowadays without God. I, I suggest that you uh, accompany the Lord in your travels and let the Lord fight your battles. Father, thank you for the message this morning. Thank you for a time of worship. Thank you for a time of praise. Thank you for a time of refocus and confidence in you, God. And you've introduced your people a long time ago that there were giants in the land. There were formidable foes. There were uh, adversaries and and setbacks that were way greater than us, way stronger. But your promise is that you would deliver us, that you would bring us the victory, that we can stand confident. Like David told Goliath, this day, the Lord's going to give me victory in this battle. This day, I will feed you to the birds of the air. Father, we thank you. We praise you. We love you. Bless your people this week. Give them victory. Give them testimonies. Let them be finding their confidence and strength in you. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen. Greet one another in the love of the Lord. God bless you. See you on Monday night men's meeting, 8 o'clock, and Wednesday night, 7 o'clock, Bible study.